Good Thursday evening, March 14, 2019. <laughs> it is the place to be reviews. Pete right here with you. We're going to jump right into it. The Avengers Endgame, the second trailer, dropped this morning. Um, I didn't tweet about it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at N80Pete on Twitter. I did not tweet about it. Um, I've watched it probably, I don't know, seven or eight times today. Uh, just kind of take it in. Um, I'm still cautiously optimistic for um, how Endgame is going to turn out. Uh, I believe that this will probably be a lot of people's last uh, last ride on the MCU train, depending on how this film goes. It's got a ton of potential. Uh, we've got a bunch of angles to tie up based on uh, projections on who's leaving the MCU, who's going to stay on past this film. Uh, and with the, oh, I have to say this, the financial so far success of Captain Marvel, we're coming into its second weekend now, and a lot of films suffer some box office hits in their second weekend. It did have a big first weekend. Um, it's a Marvel film. Um, I never said this film was going to financially do bad. I said, hey, I'd like to see it hit around $100 million just to kind of kick Brie Larson in the teeth. But um, as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't want it to fail. I enjoy the movies. It's entertainment. It's escapism. Um, that's why I'm so adamant about not wanting to be preached to. But we'll get to that later. Um, so it, it was over four hundred million, I think, maybe worldwide. Obviously, it was like one hundred and fifty domestically um, in the first weekend. So, what that means is, um, it's it's a profitable film now, which is perfectly fine. Okay, it was just the bullshit that surrounded the film, and I'm gonna give you my review of this movie in this episode, and. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate as much time to my review of this episode as the total amount that I care about the character of Captain Marvel. So we'll have that coming up later. But we're going to keep talking this Avengers Endgame trailer. Um, the the overlap, overwhelming and overlapping theme, the running theme is whatever it takes. Uh, we get to see, you know, flashbacks from, you know, Cap and uh, Widow and... Hawkeye, who, you know, um, you know, you get Thor, and of course, Tony, uh, and you see Pepper, and it's just, um, it's very, uh, it's a very, it's a very nice trailer, it's well done, um, you know, they use the, the color palettes are very well, uh, utilized, um, and the message from Tony in the beginning to Pepper is pretty cool, but I don't think it's exactly what we, I, I don't, I don't think it's exactly what we think it is, um, I'm not sure if they're going to kill Iron Man off because we know, you know, obviously we can see, Mar I forgot we get to see, you know, uh, Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo in this too. Um, for a split second, he's not very prevalent or prominent in the trailer, I, su I should say. Um, it's late. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Um, and I spent the last two hours uh, doing prep work for this. So just doing some final notes and stuff. Uh, but no, this trailer was good. Um, you know, the whatever it takes theme is uh, is they use they they hit that home. Uh, good imagery, like I said, the color palettes were good, uh, and I think they said you know it's nothing out of the first fifteen twenty minutes of the movie in the trailer, which is great. I don't want to see anything past that. 
in the trailer. I don't want that. Um, but where this trailer? <laughs> oh God, I ha I have to say it. Where this trailer took you know where where it shit the bed for me was, and I knew it was an inevitability. Here comes you know Captain Plywood, um, with Thor at the end, and and God, you know Chris Hemsworth can make anybody, and you get that little smirk out of her. I was just praying to God when he put his hand up that she didn't catch his fucking hammer. And that was Mjolnir. Or I don't know if I'm saying that right. I, I can, I'm sorry. I can never pronounce that right. I, I, there's just, I can't. Mjolnir, I, I don't know. But yeah, the hammer, Thor's fucking hammer. <laughs> when he put his hand out to summon it, I was like, first of all, I'm like, well, that got destroyed in Ragnarok. So, well, uh, but okay. So he got awesome he got it back you know stormbreaker was pretty badass but you know i'm like okay he got it back and in uh, a group that i'm in, in on facebook um i'm just having a stroke here don't mind me I'm just uh just stroking out here uh somebody jokingly I, I i made a meme this morning of it and it's when you was it when you call for your hammer or when you see a piece of wood and you automatically call for your hammer and it was the screen cap I took of, <laughs> of Chris Hemsworth and Brie Larson and somebody's like well that's not that's not his hammer that's Stormbreaker and I'm like that's the axe I'm like no that's his fucking hammer <laughs> and all day I was tripping because like my meme kept getting likes in the group you know I think it was like up to like 40 40 maybe a little over 40 likes you know and I'm like well I've only got a couple comments on you know people say oh it wasn't the hammer turns out it was the fucking hammer <laughs> And I was right all along. I was I was wrong once. I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. So no, um, that that scene really. I mean, it didn't like. I shouldn't say the trailer shit the bad for me there. I mean, it was just like, it was like so. It was like going good, and I was enjoying the trailer. And then you know, it was in the back of my mind. When is Brie gonna show up? When is Captain Marvel gonna make her appearance in this trailer? And yep, there it was. And. uh that uh, when they showed her from the back, that is her body double because we all know that. Uh, and this is another thing I don't. I'm not going to body shame Brie Larson because she's an attractive enough woman. Um, yeah, she's an attractive enough woman. She's average at best. Um, you know, you can. You can anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so when they showed her from the back and they were asking for a, a thick body double for her, so they wanted to give the appearance that she had some kind of a posterior now. This is my thing. Marvel posted more. I got more goddamn updates on my newsfeed on uh, Facebook, especially for the Captain Marvel movie. And one of them was nothing but about her fitness routine for this movie. She worked out for six whole months and she was pushing a Jeep uphill and neutral. It wasn't uphill. The fucking road may have had like a two degree incline. If that, um, and, I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. I'm 235 pounds. I've fucking pushed, <laughs> pushed trucks before when they are neutral. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I'm a big ass. I'm a big dude compared to her. I mean, but there's her judo shit. She could probably throw me. Oh, but I'm a trained professional wrestler. I'll just kick you in the face, girl. Uh, no, anyway, I did not. Did I just say I kicked Brie Larson in the face? If she tried to judo toss me, I'd fuck her up. <laughs> But, um, no, uh, the whole thing, a point I was trying to make about her, um, if, if that personal trainer, now, 
I just wanted to, I, I didn't have a personal trainer when I got back into working out because uh, I'm a little bit off season right now, I'll say, especially since I quit wrestling. Um, but I, in the process of moving, I'm getting my weight room set back up now. So that's, that's going to start happening again. But um, I went from uh, 195 pounds in January of 2017 uh, to my peak of about 200 and probably 42 pounds in like August or October of uh, right around the time that I had quit. Um, I'd peaked out around 240, 242. Um, And that was just uh, food, training seven days a week, um, and eating sometimes five, six, seven thousand, eight thousand calories a day. Um, Yeah, and very little cardio. No, I I would get up in the morning and I would run. uh, I would do like, what, uh, about a mile in the morning. Um, but that was it. And it was just like lifting the rest of the time and eating and repeat. <laughs> but yeah, um, my point is I'm kind of narrow rear-ended myself. Um, and I really had to do a lot of uh, lower body work to, to kind of build that up. So, um, and I did that on my, I'm just saying, um, if your personal trainer couldn't do something in that area, because I've seen girls that have worked out that have went from like a sheet of paper to an apple bottom, it can be done. It is possible. So she should have fired her trainer after about a month. <laughs> but no, um, that that shit, it was just funny because, you know, they use body doubles because they openly advertised for one for her um, for the Captain Marvel movie and Endgame. Uh, but I've kind of got off fucking topic again for like a five minute rant. Jesus. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, um, I, I thought the trailer was all right. Trailer was good. Um, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to make it'll probably break a billion dollars. I mean. If uh, if Aquaman can break a billion, I haven't seen Aquaman yet. Um, I'm about to stream that one this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stream that this weekend and uh, probably watch the lead of Battle Angel. And um, I don't know, I'm gonna see if I can find uh, that movie. What's that uh, new Jordan Peele movie? Us. Um, so I can let you guys know how that is too. But yeah, if I can uh, if I can find those and stream them, I'm definitely uh, definitely gonna do that. Uh, so that's that's the end game. Tra- I mean, I will give the trailer a. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus. It was it was a it was a good trailer. I'm not gonna just toss A's out. I'm not a I'm not a fucking Rotten Tomatoes professional shield critic. Um, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a solid B plus. And and I love the Avengers movies. I do. Um, but. Like I said, I'm just, I'm not going to shill. I'm not going to do it. I'm not getting paid, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. All right, so let's go into now um, Rotten Tomatoes. We know what's going on there. They changed their entire platform, and now they want they now they now want to make people prove they've seen movies before they review them. Um, you know, uh, why weren't you doing this before? You know, it's just kind of funny. And I, I have one funny thing I really, I looked at, um, and I'm going to tie this in to my next segment, which is um, a Star Wars segment. Uh, with all these changes to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, YouTube algorithms, excuse me, it was a bit parched, uh, YouTube algorithms, um, because they want to bury anything negative about Brie Larson, they came out and said they're changing algorithms. So now when you search Captain Marvel, you only get these positive, like, puff piece uh, videos and stuff like that. Um, They're trying to hold the Phantom Menace down, but we will not be silenced. Without respect, we reject. Uh, Hail Doomcock. Big shout out to world-class bullshitters, geeks and gamers, and comic artist Pro Secrets on YouTube. 
Uh, those guys are all worth a subscription and a follow on Twitter and Facebook, most assuredly. But, so, The Phantom Menace, we're still going at it with Star Wars. We are still going at it with Star Wars, and we are going to talk some Star Wars news, and uh, a legendary character, the actor that plays him, has some words for The Phantom Menace. That's coming up next. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk some Star Wars now, and this fucking beautiful article uh, is from the dork side of the force.com written by uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author Meg McDowell. Shut up, Meg. No, um, this girl has not won anything. Um, Frank Oz on Star Wars, the voice of Yoda, if you're not familiar. We're not here to fulfill people's expectations. Okay, that sounds like a good business model, but uh, let's start out with this article. Frank Oz has an important message for Star Wars fans who didn't like The Last Jedi. He makes a good point. We already know where this is fucking going. Apparently, Frank Oz, the brilliant man behind all things Yoda, doesn't agree with Star Wars fans he feels are too heavily critical of The Last Jedi. Okay, um, for those of you keeping score at home, literally not five minutes before I recorded this, I was on a thread for this on the dork side of the force and my comments currently up to like 95 likes um and all i said it was speaking about business models and we'll get into that later um but i just i don't i posted the rotten tomatoes ranking for the last jedi the critic scores at 91 percent. we know we can throw that out the window because those are fucking shills and they're not going to speak out against disney or they'll lose their access because that's all this access media cares about. And the critics even admitted that sometimes they will purposely give a movie uh, too good of a review because they don't want to feed the trolls or the people who didn't like the movie. Anybody now, if you're called a troll, an incel, um, anything like that, a bot, it's because you have an opinion that goes against the narrative that is being pushed. So, fuck that. I'm not a troll. I know good entertainment. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I know good movies. The original trilogy, those are three amazing movies. The prequel trilogy, The Last Jedi makes The Phantom Menace look like Citizen fucking Kane. Okay? Um, anyway, so the critic score was 91, and the real score, the audience score, is a 45%. So, suck it. Uh, Oz said, I love the movie. All the people who don't like this Jedi thing is just a is just horse crap. It's about expectations. The movie didn't fill their expectations, but as filmmakers, we're not here to fulfill people's expectations. And then Meg goes on to say, he's not wrong. Well, let me stop you right there. Um, you can't go into a five-star restaurant. Say you go into like, what is it? You know, say it's like Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and you order, you know, filet mignon. Okay. You order filet mignon, and all of a sudden, Gordy there comes out with a, uh, uh, a a plate full of rat shit out of the alley from behind the restaurant and calls it filet mignon, and, oh, you're, but he subverted your expectations, didn't he? You ordered filet mignon, and he gave you rat shit. Well, that's what Ryan Johnson and Disney did to us with The Last Jedi. It's not that we're being hypercritical of a film because we're, we're mad about whamming, because Ray's a whamming, and Rose Tico's a whamming, and Vice Admiral Gender Studies is a whamming, 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 whamming. No, 
Women characters are fine. I don't care. You know what I care about? The characters are fucking hollow. Nobody gives a shit about them. Nobody's buying their toys. Why, why, why are all these Disney toys? I was at a bodega uh, a month ago, and I bought uh, two figures from Rogue One, brand new, still in the packaging, uh, a Grand Admiral Thrawn from Rebels, I believe, and a... Actually, no, it was, uh, it was three Rogue One figures. Uh, I got th- uh, three troopers Grand and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. You know, one from Rebels, three from Rogue One. But, I mean, these are just, they're like a couple dollars, and I'm buying them because, you know, this store's obviously bought them from a main a main tier uh, retailer. So they're already paid for. So the money's going to this store. That's the only reason I'm buying them. Um, but outside of, like, your army building troops, like, who the fuck is the, I, I was at a, another merchandise outlet store, and there was like 10 or 11 Jakku Rays on the shelf, brand new, in that vintage throwback Return of the Jedi-style packaging that they thought was going to make their uh, their shitty figures sell more. But it didn't, because nobody wants them. The only reason anybody buys Rose Tico figures is because it's a novelty now, to see how many potato sacks you can buy. I mean, God love Kelly Marie Tran. She seems like a fine young lady, but it's just like, here's a character in a fucking potato sack that... We don't kill the things we hate. We save the things we love to win wars. Oh, my God. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares about you. Finn. Nobody was mad that Finn was a black character in Star Wars. My God, you know, you're going to tell the story of a stormtrooper and make people feel something for him. Um, honestly, if, you're, if Disney was going that woke route, which they are, then cool. You've put a person of color in that role. That's fine. Now give him a good story. You're going to make us care about him. You know, make us feel something for this man who's going through this struggle. You know, he's with the the First Order. Uh, They're mowing down a village. And then next thing you know, he's shooting his comrades like it's nothing. And not even batting an eye about it. He's celebrating it. I mean, it's just like he should be morally conflicted here. I mean, yeah, they'd kill him in an instant. But, I mean, they were your, your brothers in arms, you know, not... A couple minutes ago, you know, I mean, it's just like Poe. I mean, Poe just got in the last Jedi, just got destroyed. Um, I mean, he has no masculinity left. Uh, General Hux, I just might as well just call him General Cux. Um, I mean, Ray is just perfect at everything. She faced no adversity. There's no hero's journey there. She's just a shell of a character. And for those of you calling us man babies for oh, well, Luke Skywalker, he he. He had the fate he was supposed to have. And this is the funny thing. If you go into any of these comment threads, and I have, I call it my collage of cucks. Um, people who are, who will use the word incel, but then if you look at them, you can tell that they've never touched a female. Um, they, uh, these are always the weirdos. They're like the little scraggly weird kids that they're like, oh, look at me, I learned a word, I'm going to use it. <laughs> Their little weasel laugh, that little <laughs> kind of muttly laugh there, you know, um, as they sit in their mom's basement and yell upstairs for her to make them more hot pockets and shit. Um, but these are always the ones that like talk the most shit and call you a man baby or an incel, and it's like, oh my God, um, yeah, because 
Ryan Johnson really did Luke Skywalker justice by making him a fucking, just cucking him out to Ray, just making him look like a bitch. Uh, she can beat him with a fucking, you know, a staff and pulls the lightsaber on him. He cowers in fear. And then you've got him drinking green titty milk out of a sea cow. What the fuck is that? That, that was a throwaway. That was as much of a throwaway scene as the entire Canto bite scene. That was worthless. That did nothing. That did absolutely no. Oh, they had to go find the code breaker. Oh my God. Okay. You could have taken that entire plot line out of the movie and done something that was well, more cinematic. Oh, 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 that was just, Canto Bite was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and I went off on a tangent again in this article. Uh, movies are a form of entertainment and are made for the sole purpose of, let's be honest, giving us something bright and shiny to look at. Okay, so right here. Um, this is the kind of author that will say that movies are only a distractionary tool Unless it's a movie that pushes a larger agenda. I mean, The Last Jedi obviously had an agenda. It had a very identity politics uh, driven agenda. Um, but now she's downplaying everything. And this is the thing they say when you, when you criticize something that they try to hold up. Well, it's Star Wars is just for kids. Yeah, well, guess who buys the merchandise? It's 18 to 49 or 46 year old men. So, yeah. Um, you might want to treat your customer base a little bit better. Uh, movies are just to give us some bright and shiny to look at. Every movie is developed for a specific audience with the intention of telling that audience a story. Regardless of whether you enjoyed the movie or not, The Last Jedi told a story full of suspense and surprises. It just wasn't a story that many fans wanted. Does that make it a bad movie? Okay. Meg, I'm, I'm going to quote this and I'm actually going to retweet this to her. The Last Jedi told a story full of suspense and surprises. It just wasn't the story many fans wanted. Does that make it a bad movie? What do you think Meg's answer is? <laughs> a film is supposed to surprise you, to present events you don't expect. And when that happens, you're supposed to react emotionally, whether you're angry or sad or filled with all the warm fuzzies. You're allowed not to like it, but here's something revolutionary. Not liking something doesn't mean the thing you don't like is a poorly made thing. You just said, it wasn't the story that many fans wanted. Does that make it a bad movie? Well, in the eyes of that fan base, who that movie was directed at, yes, that makes it a bad movie. And object objectively, just based on registered Rotten Tomato users, 55% find this movie to be rotten. So that means it's not a good movie, Meg. And that means you obviously don't understand the concept of reality or you're so caught up in your own fucking spin that you've confused the concept of reality. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a little pop figure, vinyl figure ad um, that popped up on this page. And now my laptop is, or my uh, my tablet is frozen on this shitty article, on this shitty paragraph. Um, well, we can stop with the article there because it, it's safe to say that Frank Oz is just, he's shilling for Disney, of course. That's that's fine. They, they, they pay him too. You know what I mean? So it is what it is because he's probably going to have a role in episode nine as a forest ghost. Uh, so is Anakin and Luke will probably be back as a force ghost. And it's just everybody's a force ghost now. Everybody was kung fu fighting. So that was the bad article by Meg Griffin. 
um, about Frank Oz. Oh, here we go. It unfroze. Let's see. Oh, here. Maybe maybe Kylo's parentage bombshell and Luke's sacrifice and Finn's willingness to give up his life for the resistance didn't phase you. That's fine. Oh, I can't take it. We're done with Meg. Um, she's just another garbage tier writer. Oh, and what else does she say? Oh, it's not any filmmaker's job to make sure you walk out of a movie theater having gotten everything you wanted. It's their job to tell a story that makes its audience react emotionally to what happens on that screen. Well, to make the audience react to what's on the screen, the audience has to want to see what you are selling them. So let's just think about that next time, Star Wars. And we can uh, we can do some more Star Wars next time, but we're, we're going to be done with Star Wars for now. And the next segment is what I like to call the money. And we are going to get into some pro wrestling talk. That's right. That's coming up next right here uh, for my anchor listeners. Stay tuned. Got some more music coming at you for the break. Welcome, welcome back to the place to be reviews. Pete right here with you now. We're going to talk some wrestling. We are going to talk some wrestling. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about my IWE timeline. We're going to go back to August of 2016 to Battlezone TV, which was episode 19. Um, now, this one was really cool because I was telling you guys how I had uh, basically pitched the whole uh, NWO type angle with me coming in and kind of turning team ratings into that, uh, me being the catalyst for that. Um, because they were, they had a, they had a really good, uh, nucleus and I just wanted to add something to that. And I was like, man, I was like, if this is a TV product, I really want to push this over the top and just go like full on, like nitro and 96 with it so i said hey i'm like i had just gotten this brand new fucking yukon uh gorgeous you know this is 2016 um what august so i gotten this in like may of 2016 this all black uh brand new yukon and i'm like what if i'm like we grab you know me james and uh apoc and rick we jump in my yukon we come, there's a, there's a, you know, have uh, somebody, we're going to just, James is working this dude, uh, the real Cody Leedy's his name, super good kid, uh, he works under a mask, is his Uncle Hector, kind of a luchador gimmick, um, and we're like, have him just standing outside the building for some reason, like right outside the door where we walk into the, uh, basically would be like the locker room area, and we'll just pull up, jump out of my truck, because I was carrying a bat at the time. And I'm like, we'll just beat the living shit out of them. And then we'll we'll have it follow us inside and it'll lead right into the fucking match. Like we'll drag him through the locker room, out the entranceway, down to the ring, and just keep this thing going. Uh, so we we jump in my truck and we pull out of the parking lot and <laughs> we're like right right around the corner from the venue so we can see and we kind of give the signal and we come pulling in i come flying up to the door just slam the thing in park and all of us jump out and now mind you cody leedy is probably five foot six maybe maybe 150 pounds i mean not a big kid um like I said, super nice kid, though, and was really willing to take a fucking beat down. 
because he got his ass whipped. Um, at one point, Apocalypse, I think, picked him up, and I don't know if he choked slammed him or he lawn darted him against the building. Uh, I was choking him and hitting him with my bat. We were all putting the boots to him. Um, then we get in the truck, and we're going to pull out and leave, and... <laughs> Bam Grizzly, another super, super good kid. He comes walking out, and you hear Apocalypse is in the back seat with Rick. He goes, oh, hell no. And I have the truck in reverse, and he jumps out and goes running. So I pull the truck, put the truck back and drive, and drive back up to the building. It's only a couple feet. Put it in park, we get out, and Apox just starts beating the shit out of Bam. <laughs> and he's the one he lawn darted against the building. And then we, we ended the segment. Um <laughs> We all we all were like kind of laughing about it. And then we're like, all right, so basically at this point, we're waiting. We get the cue because we got to come in. And this is supposed to lead right into the fucking match. So we go in and we're beating him down, beating him down, beating Cody down, coming in. And there's what? There's uh, me, Stossel, uh, Rick, and James. Apoc stayed backstage. He's a heavyweight champion. He's not just going to come out for an opening match, which is cool. We, you know, he's got the strap. He's our monster. We're fucking, you know, we're, we're, you know, that's cool. We got this, you know, kind of chill, big man. So we go out and it's just, it's a massacre, obviously. Um, you know, just a squash. Uh, I shit, I jumped in the ring at one point and I can't remember if it was before or after the finish. I think it was just after the finish. And cause James, I think James hit the, I can't remember what move it was. He hit on running STO. Maybe. I don't know if he did that or not. Um, Fuck, it didn't matter. It, it was a squash. We went over. Uh, so after the match, I come in, scoop him up like a side. And James and I had done this move years ago. Um, scooped him up into like a side, uh, side, almost like a sidewalk slam. And I gave him a backbreaker and held him there. And then James jumped off the top rope and gave him the fucking drive-by. Um, so he, he sold the shit out of that. Um, then we pretty much, uh, pretty much just beat him down a little bit. Um, that led into the second match, which all of us were ringside again because it was it was a triple threat. It was uh, Rick Cartier versus J.J. Hughes and Roberto Cruz. Uh, Rick lost at that point. Um, who the hell got eliminated first? Uh, Cruz. Cruz got It was so funny because um, what he looks like now and what his gimmick was when I left, Roberto Cruz is like completely like a different character. Good for him. He's done really well. Um, but Rick. Rick lost. Uh, Cruz got eliminated first. Then Hughes hit his cutter on uh, Rick. One, two, three. We got in the ring, me, James, and Stossel. Uh, we're just kind of talking shit to him, you know, just ver verbally berating him because that's what we were doing at the time. Um, you know, he kind of groveled and apologized. You know, we kind of hugged it out, and the crowd booed the shit out of us, and we ended up going. We went to the back, uh, and then it was time for the heavyweight title match later on in the night. Um, these first two were together. Then I had like a good three segments off. And, you know, this is this is the thing. And this is what I loved about Scott Hall and what I really gleaned from him. Uh, if the angle didn't involve me, I really didn't fucking care. Um, that might sound harsh to some people. But when you're involved in four or five of the eight segments, um, it, it, on some tapings, not every taping, um, because we got a couple, we got we did two tapings a night, and we we would normally work one and not the other. Um, James and I weren't split up that much on different 
never on different uh, on different tapings because we were obviously, especially when we went into the tag title picture. But that's later on. Um, but no, so you would, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really. I didn't, you know, I felt bad, you know, some of the guys, I got, I got to watch a little bit of their matches, but like, I wasn't following angles or anything like that, I really, I didn't care, um, is that a little narcissistic, I guess so, but, I mean, I had so much shit going on, and like I said, I'm kind of coming up with all these, you know, I wasn't booking the matches, but like the, the way the angles were run, I was kind of influential in that respect, you know, like, what are we gonna, you know, this is what we want to do, because the, um, the the committee the bookers they were always open to it the promoters so because we weren't steering them wrong um well that and i kind of helped them get their fucking building so yeah <laughs> but so it was creature feature and apoc for the strap and of course it's me dillinger stossel and uh, rick out at the ringside um and i always had this thing i would like to do for him when he was champion because i was like i said i was a long time ring announcer and uh once I get a better microphone, I'll be able to do a little more voice work on here. But I, I have a, uh, I have a very big, uh, big voice for, and I can do that radio. I get when I was DJ and I do the thing like this. I'd, I'd get my my low radio voice, be like, yo, this is DJ. Was it? Uh, what was my? To think about my name now, DJ SKN and Y one hundred two, and that was the station I was on. So, you know, uh, when I was doing my little, my little. Uh, bridge spots i'd use that voice but when i was doing my uh, my storytelling i just my normal speaking voice um but yeah so uh creature feature um and apoc uh, both great workers uh creature feature got nothing nothing but respect for john super super great guy um owner of uh iwe if you guys at home are keeping score um yeah he's the uh, he's the actual owner of iwe um him his business partner but yeah, uh, who's also a worker in the company. Um, but yeah, he's uh, one of the nicest, most caring, giving guys you'll ever meet. Uh, I never have anything bad to say about John. Um, super good guy. Um, but yeah, it's um, so I, I go over, I introduce APOC. I was snatched the mic from the announcer. Uh, it got more fun later down the road, but we'll talk about that later. Um, it was uh. We really drove home that NWO vibe. Like we'd take over. We we got to uh, Campus Clash, which was an outdoor show, which I will get to later because I absolutely fucking hate outdoor wrestling shows. Um, I hate them. I hate them. I don't care if it's in a tent. I hate outdoor shows. Uh, never liked them. I've worked a lot of them over the years, and I never liked or enjoyed one of one of them that I worked at, but. Then again, the only reason I ever did enjoy him, I said I never. I'm contradicting. Let me let me let me clarify this. The only reason I enjoyed working an outdoor show is because I usually had a flask or there was a bar there, so I made it enjoyable for myself. Um, yeah, that's that's those are those are more stories for later down the line though. But uh, so we're doing this whole NWO vibe, kind of pushing this, getting this over, and uh, it, it, you know, match was going. And, you know, obviously we got a little, we, we didn't really get involved too much in this match like we did in some of them to where it was just like blatantly like jumping in the ring or, you know, doing the old distract the referee, da-da-da-da-da gimmick. But so me and uh, me and James went over and grabbed the gimmick. Um, sorry, table. I'll call it a gimmick. <laughs> we grabbed the table, uh, put it in the ring, and we we're kind of like, John's laid out and Apox kind of intimidating the referee and we're like, 
well, fuck, should we put them on it? This thing's kind of wobbly. So we just jumped out of the fucking ring and left the table there. And we're like, well, um, hopefully just choke slam them through it. Don't try to lay them on it or anything. Well, APOC takes a couple steps. He fucks with the table a little bit and goes to Big John. This thing just collapses. <laughs> the table just collapsed. So they did a little back and forth. And John took and set it up in the corner. Um, and then we knew it was going to happen because John went and... Let me describe uh, Mark to you, uh, Apocalypse. Uh, Mark is a big-ass teddy bear. The dude is probably like, I'm 6'3". Mark is probably about 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". High threes, big boy. I mean, he's a big man. Uh, I mean, he's a young dude, but he's a, he's a man. I mean, he's, and he's got this long, he cut his hair off too. And he's had this long flowing mane and this just majestic beard i'd always just fuck with him about it um but yeah uh he was just and he was he could be so intimidating when he was out in the ring you know what i mean just that monster uh but backstage just a super nice dude um and just in life i mean he was one of he's one of the guys he he was a good guy uh and when he left the company that really (sighs) that hurt me that that really it, it hurt me because him and I had gotten gotten to be good friends, um, and uh, one of them guys you, you you talk to you know you message um, you know day you know maybe not every day but when you talk you know it's like you you're like old friends but you haven't known each other that long just one of those people you connect with super good guy, um, but he's still he's still doing a thing wrestling he just was gone from IWE eventually. Um, but so he goes and, uh, he fucking reverses the deal. Uh, John gets German suplex through the table. Look like he fucking killed him. Um, but this is for those of you keeping score. Uh, my last, uh, the first episode I was on episode 18 from July, 2016, me and James put John through a table and then he gets put through another table here. Um, so yeah, you know, he's done. Um, Beat him down, fucking pin one, two, three. That's it. Uh, APOC retains his title, so we get in the ring, start putting the boots to him. It's a five on one beat down, and then out comes uh, Jacob Mercury, who's now Jacob Braun. And uh, if you've ever, if you haven't heard the name, if you're in the Michigan area, uh, Fox Sports Detroit did a, a nice special on him. Uh, I remember him when Jacob when he first started, uh, super scrawny little uh, ginger dude. Um, but he had a he had a unique look, uh, and then he got into lifting over the years. And the dude is just a beast now. Um, I mean, still very light, but I mean, he's very like one of those like thin, hypermuscular uh, built dudes. I mean, strong as an ox, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, another you know younger guy just that I got to see come up. Um, and I remember when he was first starting to work shows, and he's come on the scene. Uh, good kid though. Uh, very proud of him and. Uh, Brody, uh, ben, Benjamin Brody, um, I got nothing but love for this cat. He is uh, was trained by Lance Storm um, and wrestled for years. And it just got to be where I guess he got sick of like the politics and he just fucking quit. Um, this guy is literally, um, and I joked around about guys wrestling in jeans on Raw. Um, this dude wrestles because he has that kind of like, he had the wild man gimmick. And he has, he has the same ripped up ass pair of jeans. He goes to the ring and, and he sometimes he's got like a vest with his Brody thing on it. And he's changed his look. I mean, when I came in, he was built kind of like me. Um, 
just an average build. Uh, had a good, you know, good frame, but just not real big. And then we all kind of just started like getting, um, just hit training really hard at the same time. And a bunch of us on the roster just like we we looked like a monster factory uh, at one point there, which was really fucking cool for a small indie company um, to have a bunch of guys that were just like. You know, we we look good. Um, it was nice, uh, but yeah. So he's a very, very uh, talented uh, and humble. One of the most humble men I have ever met in my life. Uh, great family man too. Um, outside of the business, uh, so we had this long promo after the match, uh, going back and forth, and that would set up for the next month, um, which was basically it was turning in. It was uh, team ratings, which is our stable versus basically IWE. Um, and in the coming months, there would be, uh, one of my old friends, my old road, uh, road traveling road buddies, uh, that would get in the cars, uh, with me, uh, would come in and join the fold. And, um, the, the angle would just, it, it, it start, it's going to start to get really fun now, uh, because it, it just, it got more and, uh, we, we got to, um, add some faces to, you know, new faces to the stable, which at first we were like, when we when we heard we were getting the ad guys, we were like, because we we had a whole, oh, if I wouldn't have left, um, we were gonna do this, we were gonna do the entire run of the story and split into two factions eventually, and we had it, we had it booked out, had it mapped out, laid down. Uh, the faces changed over the months that we were, you know, we were planning because people coming and going, um, but. We still had the outline, and uh, it was gonna be it was gonna be hot, um, but it didn't. You know, life happens. But uh, the angle was still fun. It was it was the most fun I ever had in the business was being able to do that NWO angle, and um, just to be able to kind of be the architect of it um, behind the scenes. You know, was was fun, um, and. Uh, it just got, it got to be, the ride got to be wilder. Um, and I was talking last episode a little bit about, uh, this was the most, um, this was the, 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 the locker room situation here was very like the first day I ever walked in. Uh, I'm very used to the, the older cats in the locker room. The vets would all be in, you know, they'd have their area and it was like, you know, guys, okay, look at these dudes over here. Yeah, look, you know few drinks and maybe a beer you know a little nip of something um you know the body a little you know painkillers whatever um that's <laughs> i laugh when you know it, it's it, kayfabe is a bitch but um yeah man people people take painkillers when they wrestle because you're you're killing yourself um uh, for very little money and uh your body goes through uh, an incredible toll uh, like I said uh, before, I was talking about training, uh, not just lifting weights, but training to uh, wrestle. And even if you're already trained, you're still going to want to roll before the show. Um, maybe get in there with uh, whoever you're working, uh, go through some stuff. I mean, we would always go through moves in the locker room. Like we're doing an entire match in the locker room. Uh, some guys like to plan the entire thing out. Me, I was always just like, well, I'm going to be half buzz anyway, so let's just fucking... Uh, what do you want to do for your shine? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for my fucking heat. I got my signature spots I'm going to get in. Um, what's the cutoff? Um, your double down. Uh, what are we What are we going to do taking home? We know the finish. Um, is there any fucking promo involved? You know, um, 
the rest of that you you got you know two three spots each playing them out but you better go off the crowd um because you can you can sit in the back and lay out what you think is going to be a, a five-star match and then you get out there and you're doing all this dumb shit and the crowd is fucking sitting on their hands and uh you can hear a pin drop in the back row you don't want that shit I would just like to go out and be like, all right, this like I said, this is this is what we're gonna do. I'm loose. Let's let's have fun with it. I'm a heel. I'm gonna come on. I'm gonna talk shit. I'm gonna smack you around. Um, I'm gonna do my corner spot. Um, I'll break down what my my spots were uh, in a, a future episode. We'll talk a little bit, a bit more about that. But I'm running over what I like my time to be right now, so I should probably stop there. I could pretty much go for another ten or twelve days on this. Um, but anyway, so today is Thursday, tomorrow is Friday, and I know I'm supposed to have more content out this week for you guys, but life happens. Uh, so I got tonight's show ready to roll. This will be uploaded. Well, you'll be listening to it, so it'll already be uploaded. <laughs> Not live. Um, Friday night, uh, I will be recording, and it will be uploaded later on Friday evening. Uh, I'm going to do... Uh, we're going to talk some Spider-Verse. Uh, Kyle from episode two, uh, my old uh, DJ partner, Kyle, will be coming back on. We're going to talk into the Spider-Verse, uh, a movie I thoroughly enjoyed, loved it, uh, download the soundtrack. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Black Panther. Um, even though it's a year old, the movie's still relevant um, because moving forward in the MCU, Black Panther is going to be a major character, even though he was destroyed in the decimation. We know it's going to happen. They're not going to kill him off after a couple movies like that. It's not going to happen. Um, so we're going to talk some Black Panther. Uh, we'll probably talk Captain Marvel because I gave him the link to the site where he could watch it. Um, because I want him to suffer through it if I had to. So we can talk about it tomorrow and complain and put it to rest finally. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore. After tomorrow, I'm putting Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm digging a hole. And I'm putting that the memory of that in it, and I'll never I'll never talk of it again until Endgame, <laughs> or they make a sequel. Heaven forbid. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. I am Pete. This has been the place to be. Reviews. Follow me on Twitter at n eighty p e t e. That's n eighty Pete on Twitter. Holler at me. Leave me a message on Anchor. You can leave me voice messages. Talk to me. I want to, you know, ask me a question. I'll put it on the show. Um, don't talk dirty to me. I'll just erase those. Um, that's not getting any airtime. Um, but yeah, shoot me ideas. And like I said, I'm working on that uh, WCW invasion uh, angle, uh, rebooking that. Um, and then we're going to, like I said, I will we'll do two. Uh, I'll rebook the invasion angle. And then I will rebook WCW as if the purchase never happened. Um, so yeah, I'm working on those right now. So th those are going to take some time. That's a lot of legwork for me to do, uh, in the amount of time that I have during the day to do it. Uh, yeah, but you've got that coming. And like I said, we're going to do Spider-Verse Black Panther tomorrow night and I'll probably be off on Saturday and Sunday and then be back Monday with some more content for you with some Walking Dead stuff. How about that? Um, but yeah, this has been the place to be reviews. I'm signing off for the second time. Uh, follow me on Twitter, N80P on twitter.com twitter.com yeah and uh that's it i'm done rambling so you guys have a great evening for my anchor listeners enjoy your song buenos noches mi familia <laughs>